Alright, so hello everyone. Welcome to the third episode of the Common Room Views podcast. Uh, you're joined by me, Ari Najuda, and like always... Hasei Khan. Yep. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about wealth. Um, I think it's a really good, you know, broad topic that we can really apply to the current situation. Um, I think there's a lot of interesting conversations to be had. Um, so, say, are you rich? Are you a rich man? No, I'm not. <laughs> when someone asks you, see, w- you know, you get the, when someone asks you, are you rich or are you wealthy, you know, you get you get two types of people. You get one, you know, set of people that either say, yes, I am, or yes, I'm not. And then you get the slightly, you know, smarter people that are like, no, I don't have, you know, material wealth. I have knowledge. I have love. I have family. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, I think the common misconception nowadays is what it means to be rich and what it may- means to be wealthy. Now, it, what I read recently was that um, it, it was kind of cu- uh, quite a good example between the two. It said that someone who's rich can have a lot of money and a lot of assets and resources, but someone who's wealthy, they can sustain that kind of wealth for a long time. The same way, um, let's say you have a million pounds in your bank account, but um, every month you your um, expenses are 100,000, you're only rich for 10 months, whereas someone who's wealthy, you know, either that money keeps on increasing or you're not spending as much, which means technically your wealth lasts for a longer time. And, you know, on the face of it, whenever we see celebrities or, you know, um, influential people, we always see them with, you know, loads of money, but we don't really see these distinctions between them. And someone that we, you know, see with maybe, you know, Balenciaga clothes, a Gucci bag, or, you know, expensive clothing, we just assume that, you know, oh, they're rich, but, or wealthy, but there are clear distinctions. What do you think? Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with you there. Um, I also read something recently as well, which said that being wealthy isn't a measure of money, but actually a measure of time. Because like you said, obviously you sustain that money over a long period of time that you're able to take days off from work and you don't have any issue with money. Whereas being rich, you're dependent on paycheck to paycheck to actually earn that. Yeah, I also heard that if you're, um, like your income comes from one place, so for example, if you've just got a job, if that job stops, then essentially you have no other income. And so yeah. if you're only living off of one source of income, you're one step away from being homeless or you're being like poor because yeah. you're only reliant on one avenue of income. And the same way you see all of these, you know, influencers, uh, you know, YouTubers, all these people, you know, you'd assume that, you know, they just make, uh, you know, money off of like YouTube per se. But you don't realise that in the background they've invested all this money into loads of different avenues. So that'd be you know, property or buying things that will increase in value. Which essentially means that, you know, what you see on the face of it, they're not actually earning that much from it. Which is a common misconception. Yeah, no. But you know what, so one day we'll start earning from this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I think the main thing is how this affects our current situation because I've seen so many times 
and like you know, I'm quite active on social media. Unlike you, or so you know, if you'd make social accounts, you would know. But especially, <laughs> especially on Twitter, I see a lot of you know people. They really try and exaggerate their own lifestyles to make it seem like they have you know an excess of wealth or or, or riches. You know, they might walk around with Gucci handbags or Louis Vuitton bags or you know, Burberry scarves and. When I think about it, and I'm like, you can't afford this type of lifestyle. I can pose with, yeah. yeah, you know, I can go out and buy a really expensive car, you know, worth like eighty, ninety thousand. I can afford it, but it, you know, how much money do I have left over? Because let's say, you know, I have a hundred thousand pounds of savings, which nowadays is a lot for a lot of people, and I spend ninety thousand on a car is i can't afford that i can't you know sustain that lifestyle the same way these people yeah, no, that you know, walk yeah. around in you know expensive clothes and jewelry you can't buy multiple things of that item you can't sustain that lifestyle what do you think about that yeah no i agree especially if they're advertising on social media then they're going to be doing this in the long run and like you said then this isn't the lifestyle you can you know keep on doing and i just i don't know especially with social media i think it's it's just false advertisement to younger people yeah exactly and i feel like in like nowadays we're so used to seeing big numbers and you know expensive things that we kind of forget like the meaning behind these numbers like if you put in perspective uh, I read that a couple of days ago. Jeff Bezos made eighty-three thousand dollars a second, uh, which increased his net worth that day um, up from like whatever it was. It added one point two billion, or somewhere yeah. around that, to his net worth. Now you know we we might think of one point two billion, be like, oh yeah, that's a lot. But you know, I always I love giving this example to people when I say you know imagine like a football stadium, and you know, let's say there's 40,000 people in that stadium. Imagine if everyone in that stadium gave you $1, or sorry, or one pound. That's 40,000 pounds. This guy made 1.2 billion. <laughs> it's like, we kind of just forget about numbers at this point. It's like, oh, yeah. wow. Oh, wow. So, you know, I have to just pull up the calculator. So that's imagining every person in that 40,000 capacity stadium gives you 30,000 pounds. Boy, if every oh. <laughs> person there gave you thirty thousand pounds, you'd make one point two billion in a day. And it's just when you see these types of numbers, like you know when you see on YouTube videos, like, oh, this video got one million views. Oh, that's not that much. And then you realize how much one million actually is. And when you think yeah, about no, the, yeah, no, I I agree with you there. And there's because people start losing their appreciation for the actual value of money. You start looking at these people and you're like, oh, what I have is nothing. Yeah, when you think about one million people have actively clicked on this video to watch you or to, to watch anyone and then we kind of lose sight of numbers at that point. Now, also, if I asked you in the future, by what age, you know, you want to, what age do you, do you want to get a job? Um. Or do you want to be in a stable job, let's say? In a stable job. Realistically, I'd say around 
25? You know, coincidentally, I have the exact same age in my head. Um, wow. <laughs> then, let's say, um, buying a house. You know, what age do you think you should, you know, have a house by? Um... Uh, I actually don't know. Uh, let's say, let's say thirty, just just to be you know. We'll just say 30. again. I'm not lying. I have the exact same age in my head as well. <laughs> <laughs> it just it, um the point of that was it just it goes to show that how like not necessarily we plan out our lives, but how common it is to you know to think that okay I need a, a stable job. At t- when you think about twenty five. 25 is you're still very young at that age you know if you yeah. if you go to university you'd come out at what 21 22 you spend a few yeah. years and get into a stable job and then soon after you'd have you know a wife or a husband or kids um a job uh, sorry not a job a house and it just feels like everything happens so quickly and you just for- forget to appreciate you know how quickly you're meant to do things and like when you see um, influencers, you know, such as David Dobrik, um, he I don't know, he's in his early twenties, and he is rich. Like, I'm sure he's, I don't know, I don't know whether I'd call him rich or wealthy. I think he can sustain his lifestyle, even though he has quite a lavish one. But I think he recently bought a house close to ten million in LA, um, and it's like. At the age of what twenty two, twenty three, you have upwards of ten million to spend on a house, and it's like no wonder wow. you have all these people nowadays just you know wanting to, you know, become influencers because it's just easy money, and that's yeah. literally it. No one wants to you know work hard and get rich. It's ah uh, you know let let me become um, let me become an influencer. Let me become a YouTuber. Let me do stuff on TikTok. Like uh, I mean, say, saying that, you if you look at the top ten richest people or wealthy people, um, they you don't see them getting rich or wealthy by just doing a nine to five job or being an influencer. They, you know, they had a passion for something and they actually drove for it. They actually went for it. You know, like Jeff Bezos. I mean, at the time, internet wasn't you know, as profound as it is now, and he he saw something in it and he went for it and he he took advantage of it. Yeah, undoubtedly, and no wonder, you know, his net worth is, I think, 170 billion or something stupid like that. And, you know, if you think about it, there is nothing in the world he cannot buy. I mean, you know, I mean, yeah, we know that, you know, that money isn't literal, it's all in assets and stuff, but he can buy anything he wants in this entire world about three times over. (laughs) (laughs) And, yeah, like you said, like, no one becomes wealthy or rich from you know doing become from being an influencer you have to have like a you you only become extremely wealthy if you have a business like you said you can't um become wealthy from a nine-to-five job and i also read this quote and it was 97 percent of the people in the world work for the three percent that didn't give up because, you know, I'm pretty sure Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, they had setbacks in their life. Like, I remember yeah. uh, Elon Musk, because he, he founded PayPal, and when he, um, you know, sold PayPal, I think he got about $170 million. He put $100 million into Tesla. Uh, 
Oh no, so he put a hundred million into SpaceX, I think seven, like sixty million into Tesla, and another ten million into Solar City, and he was borrowing money for rent. Wow. And, and when you think about it, a guy who had a hundred and seventy million was paying for, was borrowing money for rent, and people nowadays don't have the drive to do that. It's all about you know the easy money. Yeah. Like it, it, you're telling like keep, you're telling me that if you if you know get a hundred. 70 million if let's say you won that in the lottery no one would think about investing more than 50 percent of that into another business you just use it and stop working yeah definitely and that's why he's gone from 170 million to like 70 billion in like the space of 10 15 years where other people have not been able to do that like he's overtaken a lot of people quite easily just from you know innovative ideas you know, I, uh, speaking of you know people starting businesses, I've seen um, quite a lot now recently on Instagram. There's a lot of um, people our age starting, like cosmetics. I don't, yeah. know, I don't know if you've seen it. There's a few. Not that I have anything against it. You know, don't want to get slewed for anything. But <laughs> I find it quite interesting how everyone has like the same idea. I mean, these are I've only seen females do this. So like. Nothing against the guys, so you're not really doing much nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I've seen a lot of girls, you know, have like, you know, cosmetics or lip gloss or whatever that is. And it's interesting that, you know, it's this is the type of, this is the age at which people, you know, think it's the right time to start a business. I don't think there's a right or wrong time, but it's definitely interesting to see that, you know, they have the same idea. I, I don't know much about the market, you know, I'm not a avid user of <laughs> lip gloss, but, <laughs> but yeah, now, this, you know, mindset that wealth or rich, like being rich imposes on younger children, how would you say, like, that affects the uh, younger generation? I mean, it definitely, imp- like, I mean, it has an influence on it, especially through social media, like I said, I mean, there's not a single time that you're not going to see someone who's wealthy end up on your Instagram post, let's say. And I think it puts uh, into the student's head that, you know, at, at this certain age, I have to have this much, or if I ever earn this amount, it's not as much as, you know, the top 10, the top 10%. And it's just, I think it demeans and belittles people. Yeah, that's very true. And, you know, then we come on to schools and you know the place where students receive most of their if not all of their primary like you know their f- education do you think what well, how do you think schools could how do you think schools are currently you know uh, trying to give guidance on these matters if any and what do you think they could do in the future I mean, they're trying to do it through, you know, for our schools, through citizenship classes, but I think it's very limited to just, you know, student finance in terms of university. I don't think it's much awareness into, you know, everyday life as, as what you should do, how you should be, you know, going about using your money, you know, in a, for a job. It's more to do with university fundings and stuff like that. So in regards to what they could do, I think there needs to be... I don't know, actually, because they need to use, like, you know, a good example of, you know, this is what you should do, what you shouldn't do. Yeah, exactly. And when you think about all the, like, you know, when we look at influencers, how, how, where, 
affected by them. I feel like your schools should also use the same examples and just tell us that, you know, these, while it's not a problem to have aspirations to be like these people, it's not the norm and it shouldn't be a norm. And I think that's where most people, you know, start feeling insecure about, you know, we could even move away from wealth and just look at, you know, stereotypes and aspirations in general from influencers, you know, being like extremely fit and having loads of money, you know, going to nice places. And then you look at yourself and think, oh, you know, I I can't do these same things. My life is such a mess. But in actuality, most people's lives aren't, you know, they're not so exciting that, you know, I'm going to a different country every year or I'm getting sponsorships from loads of different people. It's okay to live on normal. It's okay to be normal. You know, you don't have to be. You don't have to be always be that guy or that girl. Um, and in terms of yeah, school, yeah, yeah, yeah go on. Yeah, so I definitely agree with that, especially because I think there needs to be, you know, more clearer in fact that these people, where they may have wealth, I mean, wealth can't buy you everything. It can't buy you friends. It can't make you into a decent human being. I mean, let's use Jeff Bezos for example. I mean. He's the richest person in the world, but recently, obviously, the uh, his workers started protesting because he was denying paid sick leave, hazard pay, and even a safe workplace to thousands of his workers. I mean, how successful can you be if you don't even realise that your company wouldn't be anywhere without workers? So, I mean, I think you'll agree with me that these people's wealth actually masks their true personality. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, you can put on good clothes, but, you know, you can't hide your bad personality. <laughs> Yeah, and like for example, he got he um, cheated on his wife, and you know they got divorced, and he had to give her what thirty billion. Yeah, he had to give a quarter of his. Yeah, yeah, making her one of the richest women in the world, and you know, yeah. props to her. You know, she stuck by him, and he cheated on her. Well, serves him right. Um, yeah, she had support him too while she was working on Amazon. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. Like, she was with him in the beginning, and then he you know, made her rich went uh, sideways that's his problem uh, real men don't cheat though <laughs> <laughs> um, but I feel like in terms of schools yeah, they need to really update the curriculum and you know like all these PSHE lessons with like the same you know tired shit again and again like oh oh gang violence or you know I mean not that these topics are bad to talk about they should definitely be included but you know, I'm pretty sure we've seen that one, you know, gang video about some that guy getting stabbed about four different times across the years. And surely yeah. you can introduce curriculum that, you know, talks about, you know, body image, social media perception and how these things... Yeah, the curriculum does need to adapt to how the society has changed, I think, a little more than from what it was during their time. Yeah, because, you know, 10 years ago, social media wasn't near as, you know, prevalent as it is now. People weren't yeah. using it to the, the extent. And, you know, if, if I talk about myself, I didn't have um, Snapchat or Instagram until I was almost turning 14. I was like, it was, the, it was the summer in between year 8 and year 9. My cousin, he's, I think he's like 10 or 11. He has a phone, he has a PS4, he has a Switch. And, he, and, he, and he's like, he was in, in year, year 5 slash year six when he had that and it's like why does a six why does like a like a 10 year old need to be using social media to such extent yeah and you know yeah fine times have changed but not so much that you know 
a 10 year old needs to you can go on social media and be like sending streaks like (laughs) i feel like a dad saying it but at the same time there are it is true though yeah i mean my my kids are definitely not having social media until they're in secondary (laughs) i'm I'm not i'm not even there I, I don't like why do they even need a phone like what they co- they go to school i pick them up they come home where where do they need a phone uh, i think I, I, when, I, I was in, when i was in primary i g- i had given my friends my home number and they i'd call them on their home number and they'd call me on their <laughs> home number. and the most like online thing i ever did with them was play mario kart on wii like online Mario Kart, and that was probably the height of my social media presence, if you can count that. I mean, how much do these people have to talk about that they can't just wait till the next day? Yeah, like, I, no one has stress in in primary, and anyone telling me otherwise is, is lying. Yeah, and like, it's just looking yeah, for exactly. Issues, what yeah. do you have to talk about? Because at least, like, you know, when you're in secondary, you can ask your friends about homework and stuff. In secondary, well, yeah, go home and do your time tables. <laughs> um now you know in terms of wealth we can also we also come to the point of wealth distribution and the gap in you know when when we talk about the world there is a huge income gap and disparity between you know the the developed countries you know i.e the uk other developed countries (laughs) Um, <laughs> you know, I, I can't even be asked to call the US a developed country because it's developed in infrastructure but not mentality, so I just refuse to call them developed. Um, oh, yeah, I mean, even yeah. within these developed countries, there's inequality even within them. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, yeah, like the unemployment rates in the US are quite bad. I think they've gone less now, but, you know, they were bad. I mean, when I when I think of like an, you know ideal countries, I just think of the Scandinavian countries because whatever they're doing, they're doing right. Yeah. Well, there's a reason they win like you know happiest countries in the world year in year out because they clearly know they clearly know what they're doing. Yeah. But yeah, it, so what do you think is you know the reason cause for this you know disparity? You think it's you know. Because of the government, you know, the way they approach this issue. Or do you think it's more I d- of I the mentality I of think people? I think it's mainly to do with the public and their views, you know. I mean, if we think about it, everyone has a perception that the wealth just treat uh, middle-class workers as second-class people, like that. And, I th- yeah, I think it's just to do with mentality and the way people perceive it to be. I mean, if the if the wealth if the wealthy people were to do something about it, surely they could. I mean, like you said, I mean, if Jeff Bezos could buy anything in the world, he could solve any issue if he wanted to. Undoubtedly, and speaking of issues, uh, it reminded me of, uh, but was it last year that the Notre Dame Cathedral burnt down? Was it last year? I think maybe. Yeah. Whenever it was, and I I think within like a week, we had you know x amount of millionaires and billionaires. Um, donating funds, I think it was either upwards of a hundred million or close to a billion within a yeah. week for a cathedral. Now, fine, you know, relevant, uh, sorry, a historic uh, building, blah blah blah, all of that. But if you can fork out a hundred, sorry, one billion in the matter of a week to a building, 
that money could be you could give a hundred charities ten million and that would do more benefit than you know restoring an old cathedral and when you you know the, the top ten richest oh, I, I think that I think I read like the top ten richest you know the money they have is equivalent to like the next 50% or something wow because like yeah the, the top 10 have oh they must have close to a trillion in, in net worth or, or, or over 500 billion in net worth and you know I was, I was talking to my uh, family the other day about this and we were having a conversation about should there be a cap on wealth so as in so like after a certain point so let's say you hit 1 billion yeah. After that, any money you earn gets distributed into other platforms. What do you think about that? Yeah, no, I, I thoroughly agree with that. And I, I was also thinking something similar to that. But obviously, once you've reached, uh, like, you know, a, once you've surpassed a certain amount, then I think that you have to yeah, put it into, like, either charities or into organisations who are trying to build themselves up as well. I think, it, I think it's actually a brilliant idea, personally. I, I do agree with that, but I was also thinking, uh, after a certain point, would you then not lose maybe like the the incentive or drive to work? So let's say you're someone like um, Jeff Bezos, you know, you, or even Bill Gates, you know, you've produced such an innovative idea, you've put years behind this idea, and now that you've hit a certain threshold, uh, you're not earning any more. And I mean, it's wrong to say that they're working because technically it's not them as the workers, but essentially they're still working, but anything they earn doesn't go to them. Do you think that wouldn't pose like a, no, I wouldn't say an ego issue, but don't you think that would make certain people lose the drive to continue working or even start ideas if they know that after a certain amount, they would be capped? I mean, yeah, I do think that that would probably happen, but... I mean, if it was, I think that just goes to show a lot about the person's, you know, how I think they're just not very appreciative of what they do have. And the fact that they're in a, su- a successful position, I think they, and in a stable, fortunate position, they should at least, you know, try and support everyone else then. No, I, I completely agree. I think that, you know, there should be a threshold at which your money should be distributed. Because if you think about it, after um, Jeff Bezos hit, you know, X billion, let's say he hit, uh, you know, 5 billion, and his current net worth is 170 billion, let's say, at the bare minimum, yeah. that's about 175 billion, oh, sorry, 170, yeah, 165, 170 billion, that can be distributed elsewhere in the world, and how much, like, that would reduce the, you know, the disparity so much because you know like uh, places in Africa that are you know underdeveloped same with places in Asia giving that much money from a single person bearing in mind we're talking about one person here how greatly that would benefit them yeah definitely especially when you think about I mean I was looking at these statistics that in the UK the top 10% of households had 45% of the national wealth well, the poorest 10% had only 2%. I mean, that's just ridiculous. Yeah, 100%. And 
I feel like there should be like measures in place for you know that they should be like I wouldn't I don't know how to say law but they there should be something in place that you know makes it so that the, the you know the richest people in the world have to you know give x amount of their money to other causes yeah i mean how much money does a single person need i mean it should be you know human decency to at least support everyone else once you've reached that stable stage of your life yeah because you know bezos you know i'm i don't mean like i mean like the money that's kind of left over because obviously the money you earn if you're investing that back into your company that's worthwhile you know that is something yeah that you're not essentially boosting yourself you're boosting what your company is doing but you know the money that's left yeah, over yeah you're just trying to grow yeah that money should be capped and you know distributed elsewhere and if we did that you know cuz there there are so many billionaires in the world hmm. and if all of them donated even like you know 5% of their wealth elsewhere it'd be so much good and the thing is you know there is i think we forget that there is a lot of money in the system you know that should be collect that should be collected from tax but obviously all of these big corporations evade that tax which means the money they're meant to give doesn't reach you know where it's meant to be yeah and you know cuz i mean there's so many loopholes because you know you're across different countries so you can't you know govern the you can't apply the same law everywhere and it makes me think you know this should be like a unified system but then you know that i think that kind of if you had like a universal law or a universal system then i think it takes power from the countries it's a bit complicated you know i don't want to go into that but <laughs> there is a lot of money lost that should be collected that isn't yeah Which and it would have effect it would be very effective you know in solving many issues surrounding many different countries yeah and, and i've just got the stat- statistic um there are as of 2019 there are 2825 billionaires now if each billionaire wow. has 1 billion that's 2825 billion dollars pounds whatever you want to call it of money that you know these people earn. and you know they're probably in like the top 1% in the world in terms of population yeah. wait no 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 you know what let let's let's work this out 2825 divided by 7 billion times 100 that is oh god i can't even that is that's like a sixth of a percent that's it that's how many people in the world ha- are billionaires and they have the most money in this world and that like you know less than 1% could affect 20% of the population in the world it's just it's wild and that was that yeah, that figure definitely. was 8.5% up from the previous year so there were an extra 221 billionaires in one year <laughs> and it is like you know it's it's cliche but it is literally the rich get richer and poor get poorer yeah like um i uh, recently i saw um a movie called parasite you may have heard about it um it it won the best film uh, at the oscars um, oh, really? it's a korean 
movie. I hope I haven't got that wrong, otherwise I will be called <laughs> racist. Um, no, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty sure it is a Korean movie, and it was the the um, I mean for the people who haven't um, seen the movie, uh, I, firstly I recommend it. It's a re- very very well made movie. Um, so basically, it's just about this poor pa- poor family. Um, you know they like hand, they eat live hand to mouth. You know they don't have much of an income, and the the so there's the father, uh, mother, son, and daughter, and the son's friend, um, he gets him a job at this um like a rich family's house. And one by one, uh, they like a chain of events mean that they that entire poor family starts working at the rich family's household. Um, and then you know there's more to the story that you know isn't really relevant to the point I'm making, but the point I'm making is. There's you just see like you know you see the living conditions in like that area of the city and you know their house is is lavish, and then you see where um the poor family are living and in one of the uh, scenes near the climax, there's a like really bad rainfall, and the family they're living like the the house is quite low down so all of that rainwater floods into their house, um wow. and the next so they're basic they don't have a home to live in. And the next day, they um, all call to the rich family's house to, um, like, you know, do jobs or something. Yeah. And the father is the driver for that family, and he's in the car, and the, you know, the rich female, she is talking to someone on the phone. She's like, oh, I'm so glad it rained, you know, it really cleared up the pollution and all that. And then you think about it, and it's like something that's, you know, good for the rich and how they don't even think about it can affect the poor so drastically yeah and you know a bit of rain cleared pollution for them or cleared the skies for them and on the other hand you have you know the poor of that population who have been displaced and like they were in like a shelter because they didn't have anywhere to live and you know that's just one example and I think that was a really brilliant example of you know like the differences in even mentality between these people yeah, I think that the rich are definitely oblivious to what the poor have to actually go through. Yeah, and you know, I hope that I I would like to hope that people aren't obli- I hope people are more oblivious than ignorant, or they choose to be ignorant. Because I would hate to live in a world where I know that you know people who are wealthy and rich actively you know ignore these issues. I would yeah. rather they didn't know about them and then they were educated on them and then they made a difference. But, you know, I, as I say that, I kind of realise that they probably are very um, aware of these issues, but it's like my wealth, Definitely. my money, I don't want to do anything about it. Yeah. Um, so, l- if you had to give, like, one problem to the situation, what would it be? In terms of, I'll give you what, two, for two uh, problems. One problem being, you know, our perception of social media and wealth displayed on social media. Uh, what is the solution to that? And then a solution for the disparity in wealth in the world. I think in regards to social media, I think they need to make an act, I think these companies need to make an active approach to actually stopping 
you know young people from actually viewing these or being very limited because at the end of the day it is you know influencing these people like you said making it seem like a norm which it isn't so i think that you know these companies need to try and well yeah limit how much young people actually see this because at the end of the day it isn't true these people don't act the way they do as they percept through you know their photos or whatever it is and in regards to the gap i think uh, in regards to the inequality gap I think like you said before the solution would be you know these companies after reaching a certain stage definitely you know putting that mo- extra money they have into helping other people helping the poor helping smaller organisations you know reach out so and in terms of you know distributing that wealth how do you think that could be done so you know would it be redistributing that wealth into companies or into that same country or would you have you know that wealth being distributed into other countries you know such as some poor nations i think that obviously it should start by in the country they are obviously because it, I, I suppose it would be easier for them in a way but then if we're talking about somewhere like the uk or oh, let's go with uh, the us do you think that that country needs more help or maybe another nation in asia or south america that could do with that wealth instead of america because you know if we weigh up then talking about GDPs and you know quality of living the western countries uh, you know Europe the wealthiest ones in Europe they have obviously a better standard of living so do you think that money should first go to other countries or for simplicity go to that same country I mean definitely there are other countries that are in a worse situation and I think that I think it, it would be best for it to go there so yeah, I think yeah, yeah, I think you're right in saying that. I think it do- it should definitely go to those countries which are you know let's say people, countries where there's war, there's famine. Yeah. And um, let's say, you know, there is a, a loophole with this. The reason I was mentioning before that many companies don't pay taxes because they operate out of many countries. For example, Facebook operates in <laughs> probably any country you could think of. Yeah. And they obviously evade tax because, you know, there's no, like, central country as such. And, you know, there's loopholes. I'm not that educated on that matter. But let's say um, Tesla, which is an American company, opens a um, factory of making cars in, let's say, the UK. And they start selling cars. Do you reinvest that money in the UK then? Or do you reinvest that money... Does that money go to the US to be distributed there? I mean, well, I, I, I don't there, know. Huh? I think <laughs> I think it should be reinvested back into the US. Really, why do you say that? I mean, if the uh, Tesla is an American company, so then there is no reason why. Obviously, they're trying to evade tax within the UK, but then they might as well. I think that legally it should be. In reinvested in the US that is where the company was founded and that is where it's mainly based but then do you feel like you know keep places like I'm going to give Africa as a you know example like countries in Africa who obviously don't have these places you know don't have like factories or anything like that um, and let's say I open a company you know I open a factory there I get workers from that country to work in my factory and instead of redistributing that wealth in their community, that would uh, benefit them more. I'm taking it back to my developed country 
and developing that even more. Then I think it needs to be taken in a like you know case by case you know kind of way you know depending on where it is and the current situation of that country. Then. Yeah, no, that is a fair point. I I do think that there should be. I think people, when we think about you know, the world as a whole, I feel like we're really. I'm gonna quote uh, Joaquin Phoenix here, uh, his Oscar speech. He said that we're made to feel that we champion different causes, um, but you know, in in actuality, we're just all fighting the injustice, and that's really the main thing. That you know, at the this is injustice. You know, having a greater life in another country, whereas having you know a poorer quality of life in another. And I feel like my personal solution to this would be having a more unified, universal system that ensures that, you know, people are held accountable by, like, you know, I don't, I don't know, international police. I don't know what, what name to give to it. <laughs> but there should be some sort of law that, you know, holds these companies by the throat and makes them, you know, pay and makes them you know, invest this money in a better way. Yeah. Because one man in the world having 170 billion is not doing anyone else but himself any good. And, you know, like, if you, if you look at people like Bill Gates, right? Apparently, I think uh, he's given around 40 billion and, like, two charities. You know, he has his own, um, the Gates, or I think Melinda Gates Foundation, whatever it's called. And he is still the second richest man in the world. And if he can donate forty billion and still be the second richest, essentially, you know, being able to buy and do anything he wants, what's that stopping others from doing it? Yeah, definitely. And I think that point is just an issue of morals and ethics because if you can't see in yourself to, you know, help others, like for example, you know, I've always been brought up to be, you know, caring towards others and not always put myself first, but think about how others would be affected in the same situations. And I'm sure you have too. Um, yeah, definitely. And when I, you know, when you hear about just certain things around the world and you just really realize that not everyone has those same morals and ethics that you would hope. Um, and you know the the world would be a very different place if we just cared for each other a little bit more yeah I I mean this is a bit deep but you know we're we're here for these deep conversations it's that type of podcast so I feel like yeah the world would be just a little bit of a better place if we just reinvested into other countries without you know thinking of you know what how does this benefit me because essentially every deal or trade done in the world is two-way no one just gives stuff to another country everything is in return yeah and like half of it doesn't make sense like remember i don't know if i told you about this but i think it was like um pakistan borrowed a billion from china to repay a billion pound debt to saudi arabia yeah and it's like, how does that make any sense? <laughs> You've borrowed a billion to pay back a billion. 
And apparently, you know, the UK, their debt went up to two trillion recently. Yeah, I did hear about that. Yeah. And it's like, how how we how does that even come to place? Like, how how is the how are you in two trillion pounds of debt? <laughs> and it's, it's it's wild. Like, you know, then we could do, then we could potentially even go on to talk about you know there's. I was about to say anarchy. That that's not the right. <laughs> that's not the right system. I mean, you know, like an exchange system, where you know you do work. But essentially, money isn't. You don't use money. You you know work for food or you work for um, clothes and stuff. What's your What's your opinion on that? I mean, I I don't know if I agree with that. I mean, I, we I remember covering this in history, not in GCCs, and I don't know. I think this. No, I don't think I agree with that. I will. <laughs> you don't like the exchange system. No, I don't think so. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I don't pref- I don't like an exchange system. Um, that kind of, you know, also can lead to certain communist ideas. You know, when, when people talk about, like, wealth distribution, and then I always hear the word, oh, you're so communist, or all, all that rubbish thrown around. And it's like, it's not really a communist scheme. A, a communist idea would be everyone has the same salary, everyone has the same things. That's communism. This is more of, you know, I don't know, it's, it's not, I, I always forget the distinctions between socialism and communism, but it, it's, it's not really a communist idea, uh, you'd agree with that, I guess, um, that, yeah, just because I'm distributing wealth, or I prefer the idea, doesn't mean I prefer communist ideas, it just means I'm trying to improve the quality of this living. This particular, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and. It's just, it's just a bit wild. It's just, it's just a bit wild. <laughs> so, uh, go on with it. Give, give me your, your final thoughts on the whole thing. Do you think, 10 years down the line, there will be um, like certain provisions put in place to essentially have a better, or have some sort of enforcement of money distribution and how do you see the situation with social media perception um, going with with the younger generations? Mm, I don't think anything's really going to change. I think <laughs> it's going to stay the same. I, I I'm being serious. I don't I don't have any hope for for, for the future in regards to this because I think people will always have this perception that there will be the wealthy and there will be the poor, and that's that's just going to be it. And then in terms of social media like you know wealth and influence do you think that will change with time do you think it'll get worse as you know yeah. the newer generations yeah I, I i i do think so because of the fact that obviously with current generation people are being greatly influenced by social media it's a profound impact in our life and i think that obviously as time goes on more people will get influenced and then this is just going to be passed on yeah and i'd have to agree with you there i think as the years go on there will be an increase in, you know, I I don't know if I want to say mental health issues, but I would say there will be an increase in people being negatively affected by these perceptions. You know, seeing 
that you know I need to be rich or I need to have you know a fit body or I need to look a certain way. Yeah, questioning Which, their own self worth. Yeah, exactly, and just low self esteem. You know, will be a big factor in you know the the mental well being of many people. In terms of wealth distribution, ah, uh, it it's a weird one because whilst you see some people who are like like Elon Musk who are developing technologies or investing in things that will benefit humans like Tesla is you know electric cars it's better for the pop like for, it's better for us um, solar what's it called solar world was it solar link I don't know whatever that company is called um, he is investing a lot into that which is trying to increase the efficiency and use of solar panels and then on the other mm-hmm. hand you have people like you said Jeff Bezos who you know don't care about their workers oh a good example would be the boss of Sports Direct uh, over the years I've heard so many bad things about you know <laughs> the, the um, like working conditions of people in Sports Direct yeah which is a you know a massive retailer and yeah. he's, you know, obviously a billionaire, but he clearly, you know, the workers aren't even allowed to go to the toilet in some places, is what I've heard. It's ridiculous, really. <laughs> it, it is ridiculous, exactly. And I would hope, you know, I think that's why I always stand by that. Hope is one thing that we should never lose, but there is also having a false sense of hope where you kind of wish for something to happen and then your expectations are let down. Yeah. Um, and you know when you look at issues in society that could be you know fixed greatly with a lot of money and investment like poverty the thing is like poverty is the root of so many problems like root, poverty is the root of you know like crimes you know like like people being like you know mugged um, thieves that's all because or well, mainly unless you just get a kick out of doing all that stuff but most of it is just <laughs> spawned from poverty and a lack of money yeah because of the stress of you know work and you know not getting gaining enough income yeah you know you know now that i think about it, i think school should include in the curriculum of you know like how to sustain like how to start a business or how to like go into that like instead of like not just because i'm i've picked like a business related subject but why not teach me on how to you know save money um well and speaking of saving money yeah i also remember um seeing somewhere that um and i thought it was really smart that well like a really profound thing that was like middle class or working class um uh people are always taught on how to save money but you know upper class and the wealthy are always taught on how to invest that money and it just comes back to mentalities that because that then mentality means that the working class and the middle class are saving that money they're never really getting richer whereas the wealthy are just getting richer because they're investing that money yeah and the system essentially teaches us you know that you should save your money like even in school like when we have PSAT it's oh so you should look at your expenses 
and then you should look at the money coming um, in and you should always have more coming in than going out and that way you're saving money or you should always look for the cheapest things or you should really look at the options Uh, no no rich person looks at the cheapest options because they know that (laughs) they can afford it they can do whatever they want and they can replenish that money and replenish more very quickly but yeah, like like I always say, that there should be hope. I have hope that you know. I feel like you know, as we've seen with many of the social issues nowadays, um, people our age are very active and on it, um, and we do like to advocate for all of these different matters, and we're a lot more educated than you know, boomers. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it will be a, le- a good few decades before people like us are in positions of power and change. Um, yeah. Like, you know, as government ministers and officials that have the power to change. Uh, I hope one day we'll say you, you or I or you and I become uh, extremely wealthy and we'll come back to this podcast and uh, think about ways that our younger selves would have liked to redistribute wealth. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I think I think that's it for this today's episode. Um, you have any leaving remarks or comments? No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I'm glad everyone enjoyed the third episode. This is a bit of a longer one. I see we're coming close yeah. to an hour, but I think it was a good conversation. Uh, like always, yeah. feel free to follow, like, share, whatever you want with this podcast. Um, and uh, yeah, we we'll hope you have fun listening. That's it from me today. And that's it from Musa too, I guess. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we'll see you next time. Happy listening. <laughs>